All right, uh, it's Sunday. I am at the office as usual. We have a class Tuesday, OCO, Wisconsin. Hopefully you can make it. I got shit all over my shirt. Anyway, question came in. It's a question I get often. We have the person who asked the question on the phone. So first off, I'm going to answer the question that you gave me. And the question basically was, and then you can elaborate from there, okay? Yeah. The question was, when can we check License plates and people, basically. So let me, let me start with license plates. You're allowed to check random plates on a partial lookup, right? So if you sat on the side of the road or ran an automatic license plate reader, it's allowed to reveal information. It's allowed to reveal, I think, the make and model of the car, make sure the appropriate plates on it, uh, but not much more than that. What that F1, quote-unquote, lookup is it's to reveal the status of the vehicle, whether it's unregistered, expired, suspended, or stolen, or the same that applies to the owner being suspended, expired, unlicensed, or um, or wanted in some facet. So with that, you need no constitutional requisite to run somebody's plate randomly, a partial lookup, what they call it. Now, we go to the next stage. An F2, a full lookup. In order to access the computer system, the computer database, or having your dispatch center run somebody for a full lookup, that means that you must have a reasonable suspicion that a motor vehicle violation occurred or a crime is being investigated, right, or has been committed. With a reasonable suspicion, now you can access ownership information, full vehicle information, and all that jazz. Um, even if the person is not suspended or expired, you can access that. Let me move on to the next thing. People often ask me, when can you run somebody for warrants? Well, a majority of states say whenever you want, as long as it's not like your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend or vice versa, you don't want to do things like that. But there actually is no Fourth Amendment requirement. Or let's take New Jersey, for example, under part of uh, Article 1, Paragraph 7, State versus Sloan ruled that you didn't have to have a reasonable suspicion to access the NCIC database to check somebody for warrants. When they say NCIC, they meant for warrants all around. Um, they use NCIC as a, as a term to just uh, make life easy so you can understand what they were talking about. The only state that I've seen that you need reasonable suspicion to run somebody for a fact is Minnesota and I think Massachusetts as well. They're the two states that I've ever seen that in. I've written case law for 30-something states. Uh, I don't recall seeing any other states. So if you're watching this video and you're from a state that I that you may be unsure of, Certainly check with your local case law, but you'd be surprised how many people in New Jersey think they can't run people. Like when they get a license as a mere inquiry in a vehicle, like you say to the guy in the backseat, like, hey, you know, you know, give your license on you. The guy just hands it over. Florida v. Bostic, right? You can you can ask people for their ID and you can check them for warrants. You'd be surprised how many agencies think that it's like a violation of law and have no idea what they're talking about and have never read any case. I mean, I guess nobody would be surprised at this point, but exposing it for eight years of the the uh, inconsistencies or lack of knowledge in law enforcement, uh, trying to fix that, obviously. So that's the explanation. Oh, now we go into criminal histories. When can you pull somebody's complete criminal history? Well, that's when for uh, you have a criminal investigation going on and the person that you're seeking to run their criminal history is the target of the investigation. So for example, um, you're on a traffic stop. Maybe it's pretextual. You use the motor vehicle violation to make your stop to confirm and dispel your suspicions in the reasonable amount of time possible on the stop. You know how to do this, right? Uh, 
you've developed reasonable suspicion. Maybe you have, if you go on our RES checklist, you have reasonable suspicion. Let's call it enough to prolong the stop and now call for a canine to respond to the scene. That's that, when that threshold is met, that also allows you to run somebody's full criminal history. Don't let somebody tell you that, oh, that's not true. They got to be under arrest. It's absolute horseshit. People don't know this. Um, people have no clue what they're talking about. I even had people that I worked with, and we were a pretty savvy agency when it came to case law and administrative law, who were like, nah, they got to be under arrest to run their criminal history. I'm like, no, they don't. That makes no fucking sense at all. And here is what it says in the administrative code in New Jersey. I would implore all of you to contact your state agencies that run the CGIS unit. You ask them the same thing. I mean, because oil on our SOPs, yeah, that's right, your SOPs, because some person who has no business being in a leadership role has done something to justify some insignia on their uniform to make your life more difficult. It actually solved no issues. We have these things um, at our disposal to use, and we should be using them, and people should not be who were non-cops pretending to be cops, but actually are cops. You know what I'm talking about. Like people who, can steal white peru there, who, um, who put these things in place. But it's, an, it's a huge misconception nationally that you can't run somebody's criminal history until they're under arrest, which is completely untrue. Uh, okay, so without further ado, what other questions do you have being super uh, anonymous? Um, I think that's basically it. So the, the very first part was the tags and just when you, when you can and can't run. Um, yeah, you can't like you can't run random tags for full lookups. Right. But let's let, let's be honest. First of all, make sure you have good administrative support. If you're running radar on the side of the highway and a car passes you at, um, you know, I don't know, 54 and a 50. Are you now able to run a full lookup on the car? Yeah, you have a motor vehicle violation. So you can run a full lookup. Um, there are police administrators who don't even know what police work is. So when you're trying to advocate this and they don't have your back and they, they don't even know where to look for to get to advocate that that's correct and, and you're able to do that. Right. Uh, you got to be careful. You got to know where you work and you got to be real careful. And I always tell people like if you, um, you know, if, if, if you work in an agency where they're trying to hinder your growth. Now, there's a, there's a fine line between like stopping pro proactive patrol and curtailing somebody who needs to be. Uh, roped in just a little bit. And there's ways about going about to do that. If you have somebody who's full of energy and wants to go out and do the work, um, then we need to offer them training and get them channeled incorrectly, make sure that they know what they're doing. And we need to uh, you know, position them to win, right? Citizen, sorry. Position them to win, to go out and do the job. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it, I think the issue with me was that somebody had you know, pointed out that I was running tags of stationary vehicles at residences, and I didn't have any kind of reason or probable cause or well, probable cause, so don't be, just be careful probable cause, like, that's more than what we need to be able to do that. So just so we're clear, like, it's reasonable suspicion is the, is the minimal threshold. You only need reasonable suspicion, Delaware v. Prowse, to stop a motor vehicle. You don't need probable cause. A lot of people say probable cause, and sometimes you have probable cause. But the minimum requisite to stop a vehicle is reasonable suspicion. And I'm going to give an example for a lot of people who are new in the group who've never heard this before. What is, why is it reasonable suspicion? Well, let's take cell phones in New Jersey, for example. You're, allowed, you're not allowed to drive and talk on your cell phone in the state of New Jersey. Not in all circumstances, but in most. What are some exceptions written to our motor vehicle code under 497, whatever it is, for the cell phones? Well, if you're calling in an emergency, you can pick up your phone and use it. So if you saw me driving past your location, I was on my cell phone, and you stopped me, uh, you had reasonable suspicion to stop me to investigate your suspicions of my violation of cell phone law. As you walk up to the car, I say to you, they go, you say to me, hey, why are you on your cell phone? I say, well, there's a car that drove off the cliff over there about 
uh, half a mile back. I'm on the phone with 911. Here, I'm showing you, this is your dispatcher I'm on the phone with. You had reasonable suspicion to stop and investigate me, but could you issue the summons now? No, because it's an exception in the motor vehicle uh, code. What if you, let's say it's the same circumstances, and another car was already out with that car off the road, and he's downplaying it, but you stopped me on that. I was on the phone with 911. But you smelled marijuana. Is that going to be a good case? And the answer is yes, because you had the prerequisite you needed to do an investigative detention, quote unquote, traffic stop to investigate. And during that time, while it was still lawful investigation before your your, your suspicions were dispelled uh, because I was legitimately using my cell phone during that time, that was part of um, the time when it was in good fair play. So you are no, under no duty to cease and desist. As a matter of fact, you'd be derelict, uh, derelict, derelict in your duties if you did not investigate further, if you worked in a state where the odor of marijuana was still illegal. Make sense? Yeah. You're getting extra today. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, so I guess then if, if the car is parked and you know, if you're driving through your district or whatever and, uh, and you see a car parked or, you know, just a car driving anywhere, you know, they're not violating anything. Can they run that tag? You can so, run it. You can check it. But uh, do you have, you have MDTs in your cars? Do you have any what? Do you have a computer in your car? Yeah. Do you have options like an F1 option, an F2 option, two different screens okay. to run place two different ways? Yeah. So you can legitimately run it randomly anytime you want, parked, whatever it may be, but you can't do full lookups. Like if you were stopping the car and putting the plate in, that's why they give you the two screens. And that's why like on F1, if you run it randomly um, and you hit enter, if there's a violation according to the computer, does it automatically show you the full screen now? Uh, yeah, I believe so. So I, I usually run things on the radio. A lot of times, like, our technology in our cars doesn't always work, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier, is I usually use the radio, and they, upon that return, they'll say the owner information that you returns back to this from this place, that's their location, or the, the address of where that car is registered to. That's the information we get on Basic 28 that we run, and so that's kind of, you know, the issue that had come up was I was, you know, running a tag or whatever. Do I have to have any reason to run and get that basic information on that 28 when I run that on Prompt 2? No, no, you're, you just can't get a ton of it. For, you're not allowed. There's only certain. I don't even know. I, I don't recall what F1. I wasn't big into running random plates, so I ran things legitimately. So um, because I didn't run them randomly, I picked the ones out that I wanted to run and had my motor vehicle violation, whatever it may be. Now, um, I don't recall exactly what information you're allowed to get on a on a random plate check. Um I don't know if you're allowed, I, you know, again, I just off the top of my head, I'm not sure if you're allowed to get the address back. So it just comes down to what, what your random plate running allows and what the full look, well, you know what the full look allows. It allows you to reveal owner's information, you know, uh, owner, everything, the car, everything about the car. I recall if I ran F1 on a plate, I think it would only come back with like the color, the make, the model and the VIN number but it wouldn't reveal anything else. And the reason was it was only to check that it was uh, properly, some states have insured, at least in New Jersey, registered and not stolen. And the driver's license and uh, status was uh, in order, but they wouldn't tell you that. They'd just tell you like, I think it would tell you like the VIN, the color to make the model and what year the expiration uh, expired. I'm sorry, the registration expired. That's what it would tell you. It should be the same because it's federal law that dictates that unless your state has made it much more strict, but don't say what state you're from. But so, um, you know, I, there are, there's case law on it, right? So you can look into 
what you're allowed to do. And I can't think of the case off the top of my head. I know what Jersey cases are. We're running random plates, um, right. but I don't know what your states are. Uh, and then the federal standard, if you DM me again, I'll send you the federal laws that, that dictated such. Okay. All right. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Yeah, listen, uh, just be careful. Like, if you work at a place where they're not enthusiastic about police work, don't lose your job over it. Like all your, what you should do is cool off at work and start finding uh, your next move, right? Like that's what I would be doing. I'd just be going somewhere where I'd, I'd be encouraged to do work. And I, you know, I just want to emphasize to everybody, when you find an agency that is proactive and is encouraging the police officers to go out and stop crime, overall, you're going to find, there's going to be nepotism and bullshit little games. And every place has their, their, their problems. But when you have an agency that encourages proactive behavior for their police officers, which is great, um, you're always going to find yourself at a better agency versus the ones that are the latter. I mean, just mark my word. There's no doubt about it. They're going to they're going to be smarter, more thorough with their internal affairs investigations, you know, um, making sure that they're they're doing the right thing by people because they're encouraging people. And they also know that when you go out and learn to do this job, just like any job, you're going to make mistakes and they get that. But they want to encourage it. So that's always a good sign. So if you're looking to move and it's easy where you are. Um, you know, even if you take a, like a little bit of a pay cut, it's worth it. You know what I mean? You just don't want to be having to fight the good fight every single day or trying to make sense. People have no idea what you're talking about or people who don't care because every two weeks they get a deposit in their paycheck. I'm sorry. in their checking account from their paycheck. You know, like it doesn't matter to them. They don't give a shit. You know, I always say everybody cares until everybody doesn't care until it's their family. Then they wish that cops had the trade. They wish blah, 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 blah. So that's all I have for you. I appreciate it. Well, it was nice talking to you. All right. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. All right. So I just have a few questions right here on the uh, screen. Dennis working for MA. As far as I know, we don't need RS to run warrants. There is no right to compel ID. But if they offer their name freely, we can run them. Okay, cool. That should, like I said, I wasn't sure about the Massachusetts one. I know for a fact the Minnesota one. Uh, I don't know if you're wrong. Um, yet, Mike Brazil, how are you? Great. Guys, enjoy your Sunday. I'm here writing case law. More to come. Uh, somebody else writes in and wants something answered. I'm sure I'll be doing another video that can benefit everybody. So hopefully you found value in this. And uh, we'll see everybody on Tuesday and Wednesday. Check out the website, streetcoptraining.com. We have a lot of classes being scheduled now. South Carolina is filling up. Uh, Summerdale, Alabama. Uh, we have Tommy Rizzo going to be in Massachusetts. We got people. Uh, Kenny's got classes coming up in Texas. And um, where's the other one? Report Indiana. We got all sorts of like, so look, we're going to be close to you. We're, we're back in the field. We're teaching and we're making it happen. We're making it work. So see you.